Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Vanguard. Two weeks ago, we began this new series talking about Hope Remains. Last week, we talked about Justice Reigns. And today, we're going to talk about Blessings Reclaimed. Where in your life do you look and take inventory of your life and say, the enemy took this, the enemy took this, the enemy took this. Well, here's what I want to encourage you today to do. As we go through this message, I want you to say to the Lord, no more to the enemy, I reclaim the blessings of God over my life in the name of Jesus. Amen? I reclaim the blessings of Jesus for my family this morning. Amen? Amen. I reclaim the blessings of Jesus for my church this morning. Amen? You guys are waking up there a little bit. I want to invite you this morning to share the service, to be a virtual evangelist. If you're watching online, I encourage you to share it as well. I want to tell you a little bit about what has happened recently at our church. On September 30th, we ended our fiscal year. Uh, That's kind of a hard word to say if you're from Kentucky. It's F-I-S-C-A-L. And we ended the fiscal year. I want to give you an exact number. We ended $36,755 in deficit. Now, that's not very much fun. It's not fun to get to that moment and be $36,755, and you say, well, how do we recover that? We have uh, cash in the bank that will recover that, but you know as well as I do that we've had a cash flow and a giving struggle. I mean, it's been a tough past year for our church and for many other churches. So I kid you not, on October the 1st, we get this letter. I'm sorry, October 3rd. October 3rd, we get this letter. And this letter that I hold in my hands is from the IRS. And here's what it says. We would like to inform you that you have an overpayment of $35,498.29. Wow. In my devotions this morning, Zephaniah 2.8, for the Lord their God will visit his people in kindness and restore their prosperity again. What the enemy stole from us through a lawsuit the IRS has given part of it back to us. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen? amen? 
Like, you got to get up out of the darkness and be anticipating the light, okay? I'm not telling you not to be discouraged by the darkness. Fike said to me last week, he said, are you discouraged about anything today? I said, Fike, I know so much about so many people's lives. I'm always discouraged about something. The question is, how many things am I discouraged about and how fatigued am I in that discouragement? And as Tim, as you said to me when you came through the door this morning, I did this and I did this for the Lord. I did that all in the same day. And I realized I got to learn to pace myself a little better. There's enough discouragement to go around in our lives without going and getting involved in somebody else's life. But I want to encourage you that everything that the enemy takes from us God wants us to reclaim it in the name of Jesus, and he wants to declare today to you that he has blessings for you, but he wants you to ask him for them. Amen? He wants you to reclaim what the enemy has destroyed and taken out of your life. I invite you today to take your program, your Bible, or your internet device, and we're going to look at Micah chapter 4. Verse 1, through Micah chapter 5, verse 15. And I, because I write sermons four weeks in advance, I've been waiting on this one for a while. I mean, these are the ones that you live for and you get ready for. There are certain things in the Bible you go, Lord, I'll teach that if that's what you want me to teach, but I can't wait to teach this. This is a biblical concept. This is a biblical promise. And the only thing that stands in the way of you receiving it is whether or not by faith you will believe it and ask God for it. And so I want to invite you today, wherever in your life, I want you to begin to take inventory. You say, why do you have a suit and tie on? Because when you go to something of celebration, you put on your best and you say, I'm here to celebrate the blessings of what God is about to do in each of your lives as he has done in our church. Amen? Come on, amen? Amen. If you don't receive it, it's because you're not ready, you haven't asked him and you don't have the courage to. And I want to invite you to ask him today for yourself, for your family, for your friends, and for your church, and for your nation. We reclaim the blessings that Jesus has for our lives. Amen? Amen. Micah 4.1. Now, it's going to come to pass. Did you catch that? Let me say it another way. It's going to happen. This is going to happen. God is going to do this. This is a promise. You can have confidence. Stop giving up your confidence in the Lord and shrinking back from the calling that God has placed on you, on your family, on your church, on your friends. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and peoples shall flow to it. 
And many nations shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. There's coming a day when the world around you wants to know the Jesus you know. There's coming a day that the world around you wants to know the Jesus that you know. You may be wondering to yourself, do I want to know him? Has he made any difference in my life? What do I say to another person that I know Jesus, they don't know Jesus? How do we engage this? I want you to understand that God will take your faith and he will begin faith in other people. It is a promise. God wants us to live lives that apply his teachings. You say, how come? So that others around us can say, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you take that approach? I got to sit in the house uh, Friday night with my youngest, Journey Grace, and with Tony, uh, with Rachel, with Jonah, uh, with Jonah's parents. I got to sit in the house with 700 people who believe in saving the lives of unborn babies. And it was the first banquet I've got to be a part of. Uh, Rich will be here, by the way, the director of the Life Network. He will be here the first weekend in November to talk to us about the thousand ultrasounds that they did this past year for moms who were thinking about aborting their babies. Isn't that awesome? And we get to be a part of that. And we get to be a part of seeing God save lives, save people. You say, what about those people that have had abortions? You know what's amazing? Brenda, who's been there the longest, I've known Brenda for over two decades, and she leads the ministry that ministers to the moms and dads who've had abortions and how God can redeem them too. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen? God is in the redeeming business. God is in the restoring business. God is in the faith business. And I want to encourage you to say to the enemy, you're not going to discourage me in this area of my life anymore. I am going to get up. I'm going to apply the teachings of God's word to this area of my life. And I'm going to watch God do a miracle in my family. Amen? Come on, amen? Where in your life does God need to do a miracle? And you go, well, I just don't see how he's going to do it. Well, let me just tell you something. Danelle and I didn't see how the IRS is going to give us $35,000. And I said to Danelle, I was talking to her through text last night. I was like, Danelle, is it okay if I share this with the church? I said, you know, we got the check. Uh, What day did we get it, Danelle? Was it Thursday? Oh, Tuesday or Wednesday? And I was like, have you deposited that check yet? Let's just make sure, you know, because you never know, right? Listen, God has ways that he's going to do things in your life that you don't see. You don't see it. You won't see it. 
You won't see it coming in the lives of your loved ones. You won't see it coming in the lives of your family. You won't see it coming in your own life, but God is going to do it. And in the meantime, God wants you to keep applying his teachings to your life, to your relationships, because what God has got, God's got you, and God wants you to recognize there's people that he wants you to be in relationship with. He wants you to be in relationship with him. So blessing number one reclaimed is this. People will want to know Jesus through us. People will want to know Jesus through us. See, what God is going to do in your life, uh, let me just encourage you, when God does something, shout it from the rooftops. And be sure and tell everybody, this is Jesus. This is Jesus doing this. And I would love for Jesus to do in your life what Jesus is doing and has done in my life. And see, you have to show people your lives. Now listen to me. To show people your lives is to also show them the things that you're not proud of. We've all got things we're not proud of in our lives. But listen to me. God is a redeemer of everything that we're not proud of. God is a redeemer of our lives. And part of God's teachings is to say, just as God took the mess of my life and he redeemed it, so God can take the mess of your life and he can redeem it as well. Amen? Don't give up on sharing Jesus. Don't give up on what God is doing in your life because you don't fully see it playing out just yet in your life. Look at verse 3. He shall judge between many peoples and shall uh, shall decide disputes for strong nations far away. Huh, you mean like Russia and Ukraine? And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. You say, what's going to go on here? Well, Micah is quoting what every Miss America says she wants in the world. What is it? There we go. What do you hope for this world? I just hope for world peace. And you know what Micah says? Jesus is going to provide it. That's what these verses are about. When it describes, and I'll show you here, go back and look at verse 3. They shall beat their swords, things they used to fight, into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Can't wait. Can't wait. Blessing number two reclaimed perfect world peace for all through Jesus. Just say to somebody this week, do you want perfect world peace in your life? Yes. It comes through Jesus. He promises it here. There is going to come a day when there's going to be no more strategy of war 
nation against nation. I was watching 60 Minutes uh, last Sunday night. And I primarily watched it because I wanted to see Bart Barber, who is the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He pastors a church of about 250 people in the state of Texas, and he's become the new president uh, of the largest evangelical denomination, which you're a part of, the Southern Baptist Convention, which Vanguard's a part of. And this denomination, along with everybody else, is going through the reset of all the abuse that has occurred in our world that's gone undetected or people have turned a blind eye to. And so that's why I watched it. He did an amazing job. If you want to look it up, it'd be incredible to watch. But while I was watching that episode, they had a segment on Taiwan, which is an island off of mainland China, And how China, because of Nancy Pelosi's visit recently, sent out their warships to kind of circle Taiwan to let them know they weren't pleased with that visit. And so that segment was about how China wants to attack Taiwan, which is this little small island and wants to consume it. And the Taiwanese said that what goes on in the Ukraine and what goes on in Russia, uh, quite honestly, China's watching that to determine what they're going to do. And China has attacked Hong Kong uh, recently. And so all of this upheaval is occurring. But God Almighty has given Taiwan the ability to produce the chip that goes into all electronic equipment that without Taiwan everything electronic would fail in our world today. Isn't that interesting? And do you understand, as a follower of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what kind of enemy you're up against. He's given you a chip that controls the world you live in. And it's faith. It's faith. And out of that faith, God is using you to bring peace to relationships. God is using you because you're living by the teachings of Jesus Christ. God is using you to show the rest of the world what it looks like to experience the peace that God has for every human being in this world. And so where in your life do you need to say to the Lord, Lord, I need you to restore my peace. I've lost my peace. I've lost my peace in this area of my life or in that area of my life. I've allowed the circumstances that I'm looking at, that I'm investigating, that are washing over me like a tsunami, or I'm watching that enemy that's so much bigger than me, and I believe that it's going to consume me or defeat me. Reclaim the perfect world peace that God has for every person through Jesus. Verse 4, but they shall set every man under his vine and under his fig tree. And no one, I want you to underline these bold words in your program, no one shall make them afraid. No one. Now that's a promise. That's a promise. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken, for all the peoples walk each in the name of its God. But we, we will walk 
in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give in. We're not going to give out. We're not going to give up. There's coming a day, and I can't wait for that day, when fear will not affect my life anymore. I can't think of a day, Ben, that fear doesn't affect me. The question is, how much does it affect me? How much do I give into it? How much do I listen to the voices of fear in my life? Well, that's going to go that way, and that's going to go that way, and this person's going to go that way, and that situation's going to go that way. And do you understand that God has given you a promise that he wants you to keep claiming every day, what is it that you are afraid of? And when I talk to people about fear, it goes something like this. Well, I know it's silly to be afraid of this. No, it's not silly. It's serious. Because what you are afraid of will determine your effectiveness for what you have put your faith in. Do you understand that? What you are afraid of will determine the effectiveness of what you've put your faith in. And so you have to say to the Lord, tell the Lord, these are the things I'm afraid of. These are the things I'm afraid of, God. I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid of this. See, God has not called us to be people who pass on perceived false hope. And I oftentimes say to our leadership, the only thing worse than no hope is false hope. And so when you get a letter in the mail from the IRS that says, we owe you $35,000, my first thought, Candace, is let's don't get too excited too quick. Let's don't get too amped up too quick because I've been down that road where the enemy loves to take something and make you think it's something when it turns out not to be something and then he just squashes you even that much more. He loves when he can't get you to have no hope, he'll try to give you some false hope. And so I hate to say it, but some of my fear is cynicism. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And at some point, we have to turn loose of control, and we have to say to the Lord, here are my fears. Lord, would you teach me to trust you, to not be afraid? Perfect love will cast out fear. There is a perfect world that is coming. Look at Revelation 21.1. We go all the way to almost the end of the book of the Bible. The second to last chapter says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is where? With man. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear. No more Kleenex needed. 
They're going out of business as soon as heaven arrives. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Funeral homes, we ain't going to need them anymore. Graveyards, not needed anymore. There shall be uh, no mourning, no crying, nor pain, no more Advil. All the medicine companies, they're out of business. Listen, whatever pain you're going through right now, physically, it's temporary. It's temporary. It's not going to last beyond this life. And we pray and we claim that it will end sooner than that. Neither shall there be any of these things. For the former things have what? Somebody say it. They've what? They're in, their, they're in our rearview mirror. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Who doesn't like new things? And also he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. It's done. This is going to happen. I am the alpha, the beginning, the omega, the end, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. You go, I don't know if I have enough money. You don't have to have any. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, their portions will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And what he's saying is, if you try to go it on your own without Jesus, this is your destiny. So the Lord shall rescue Zion. Look at verse 6. And in that day declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame. Gather those who have been driven away and those whom I have afflicted and the lame I will make the remnant and those who were cast off a strong nation and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. So who are the lame? That's you and me. You and me are the lame, the ones that have believed and we've wandered. And see, Everybody loves the story of the 99 and the one, right? Oh, Jesus left the 99 and he went and he found me the one. But do you know what a shepherd does when he or she finds the one? Somebody say it. You break the sheep's legs. And then the shepherd puts the, the lamb over their shoulders, and you carried it back home. And see, the Lord sees when we wander. The Lord sees when your loved ones wander. And see, the Lord will go get them, and he will love them enough to break their legs, so to speak, put them on his shoulder, and bring them back. And you know as well as I do that one of the most difficult things about getting older is that you can't hide your limp, can you? We're broken. I'm broken. We're broken. Perfection does not work. Perfection does not work because none of us can attain it. But hear this. This is the good news. Redemption works every time. So where in your life 
do you need to say to the Lord, Lord, I've wandered from you. And it's okay if I walk with a limp because God's going to use my limp to bring others who have wandered in the same way that I have back to him. And so where in your life do you feel like, quote, unquote, a failure? And God says, no, you don't understand. I am going to use your failure to bring about the greatest redemption through your life. Verse 8. And you, O tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. The former dominion shall come, kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. Now, why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in you? Has your counselor perished that pain seized you like a woman in labor? Writhe and groan, O daughter of Zion. He's talking to us, the people who believe. Like a woman in labor, for now you shall go out from the city. You shall dwell in the open country. You don't have anything to worry about. No one dwells in the open country unless you have great confidence in the one who sent you there. Now listen to how uh, they're going to live in the open country. You shall go to, somebody say it. Come on, say it louder. Go where? Babylon. Okay, Sean, it would be like me saying to you, the Lord's got something great for you, brother. You shall go to Iran. You excited, aren't you? No. So that's what this moment felt like to Israel. I got some great news for you, people of God. You're going to one of the worst places on planet Earth where oppression is the greatest, where abuse is the greatest, where the darkness is the greatest, Aren't you excited? No. No. But look at what these next five words say. There you shall be. Somebody say it. I don't like going to the darkest places in my life that remind me of the worst decisions of my life. And the Lord says, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to meet you there. I want you to go where you think there's no hope in your life. I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to rescue you there. I'm going to do my greatest work in your life and through your life there. Amen? So where... In your life, do you need to go this morning? And I, it's probably places where you don't trust the Lord, where you don't really see any hope, where you're frustrated or you're ashamed. There, listen to these words, the Lord's going to redeem you from the hand of your enemies. The Lord is going to redeem you from the hand of your enemies. You go, wait, but to do that, I got to go where my enemies are. Huh? Mm-mm. 
Mm-mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got to go where my darkest dark is. I got to go where, my, where the greatest bondage of my life caused me the greatest pain of my life. See, Babylon represents bondage. Bondage. God is using the symbol of Babylon, bondage, to get his people to look to him. God wants to redeem you through the bondage of your life. And I know that's hard to believe. So God sent the nation of Israel to Babylon. You go, then what happened? Oh, we met a guy named Daniel. We met a guy named Shadrach, Meshach, and away we go, right? We met these heroes of the faith that said these words. Our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not worship your gods. No, sir. No, sir. We will not bow down to the false gods of this world. We will not do it. We will not do it. We will not do it. Do you know what uh, Rich Bennett told us on Friday night? He said that um, since Roe v. Wade was overturned, that Google has buried crisis pregnancy centers through their algorithm. And they're doing more work than they've ever done before. The enemy will not stop what God has determined. Amen? Amen? Amen. God is at work in the world. You will decide if you will join him in that work or not. That's your choice. But to do that, you have to recognize that there is a Babylon we're dealing with. There is a bondage. And so blessing number three reclaimed is this. God redeems us through our bondage from our bondage. Some strange way, God brings us back to the very thing we're trying to avoid in our lives, and he then redeems us through the very thing that is the most shameful thing or the darkest thing or the most hurtful thing or the most painful thing in our lives. It's amazing. It's amazing how he does that. Verse 11. Now many nations are assembled against you. Did you catch that? I want you to read those words again. It's not lost on God that you're up against a lot. Now, many nations are assembled against you saying, let her be defiled. Let our eyes gaze upon Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They do not understand his plan that he has gathered them as sheaves to the threshing floor. See, when it seems the worst in your life and the enemy way outnumbers you, God is preparing you for your greatest victory. God is preparing you for your greatest victory. And maybe you just need to say to the Lord today, Lord, I want to show up for what you've called me to, but I'm really discouraged. And I'm really fatigued in this area. 
And so, Lord, I, uh, I just want to ask you, God, to move on my behalf and on the behalf of those that you've entrusted to me. Rise and thresh. Rise and fight. Look at verse 13. Arise, get up out of your discouragement. Get up out of your fatigue. Get up and thresh. O daughter of Zion, for I will make your horn iron. Do you know what that means? You're going to do what you thought you could never do. And I will make your hooves bronze. See, when I appreciate this because I show horses when I was a kid. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, the first thing you do with a horse, a show horse, is that you clean their hooves and you take spray paint, glossy black spray paint, and you paint their hooves like putting fingernail polish, like what someone would wear. And you shine them. And the Lord is saying here, listen, I'm going to shine you. I'm going to make you brilliant. I'm going to make you brilliant in the eyes of others. Blessing number four, reclaimed. Reclaim for Jesus the ground you gave the enemy. Reclaim for Jesus the ground you gave the enemy. Listen to the last part of this verse. Verse number 13. You shall beat in pieces many peoples, whoa, and shall devote their gain to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of the whole earth. I said to the Lord, I I wonder whose $35,000 this was. Huh? Because I said to the Lord, Patty, during uh, when we were, the enemy was attacking us and taking the Lord's money. I said, Lord, do you care? Do you see? Does it matter to you? You see the injustice? See, hope remains, justice reigns. Blessings reclaimed. I just want to encourage you to live by those three things. Hope does remain. Justice does reign. And blessings can be reclaimed. In each of our lives, for our families, for our church. Now, how is the reclamation going to occur? It's the coming of Jesus. And Micah tells us here in chapter 5. Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. You know who that's talking about? Jesus. It's talking about them pulling out his beard. But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. There it is. There's the promise. That's what Christmas is about, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. There is the prophecy whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. That is an incredible promise. Simeon 
lived in the temple. And he said, the Lord has allowed me to see this day, the birth of Jesus Christ. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Speaking of Mary. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. There you go. That's what happens after the life of Jesus. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And he shall be there. What? Somebody say it. Peace is not an idea. Peace is a person. And his name is Jesus. And if you know him, you will experience the peace that he has for you at his appointed time. When the Assyrians comes into our land and treads in our palaces... Then we shall raise against him seven shepherds, eight princes of men. Blessing number five, reclaim. Jesus will restore peace to all who believe in him. Jesus will restore peace to all who believe in him. See, and I want you to understand this. Jesus is not just a Messiah and a Savior, but he is also a political ruler. And one day, his justice will reign, and politically, he will make the whole world right. He is our king. He is our solution. Do you understand this? Jesus is the only answer to world peace because he is peace. He is. And then look at verse 6. They shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod at its entrances, and he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and treads within our border. Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples like the dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which delay not for a man nor wait for the children of man. The remnant of Jacob shall be among the nations in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among the flocks of sheep, which when it goes through, treads down and tears in pieces, and there is none to deliver. So when God moves, no one can stop it. Your hands shall be lifted up over your adversaries, and all your enemies shall be cut off. I can't wait for that day. And in that day, declares the Lord, I will cut off your horses from among you and destroy your chariots. He's, he's speaking of the enemies. I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down all your strongholds. I will cut off sorcery from your, from your hand, and you shall have no more tellers of fortunes. Please don't waste your time paying somebody to tell you your future. I will cut off your carved images, your pillars from among you. You shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. And I'll root out uh, your Asherah images from among you and destroy your cities. And in anger and wrath, I will execute vengeance on the nations that did not obey. Blessing number six reclaimed. God will restore his remnant on this earth. God is going to restore everything that has been stolen from you. And not only that, God is going to restore you. What the enemy has stolen, I want to encourage you to reclaim for Christ. Amen? 
Amen? On Labor Day night, about 10.30, I got up to go to bed. And I walked into the kitchen, and we have a walkout basement, and I could hear something in the basement. And I thought it was the dog or the cats, because Journey Grace loves animals, and we have them everywhere. And so I turned on the light to go down there to see there was no one down there. Journey Grace now sleeps upstairs, and Tasha was upstairs in bed, and it's just the three of us now. And so um, I could hear something moving around in the basement. And so I went down there, and there were no animals down there. The window was open. It has a cage on it or some weird thing that's always been there since we've lived there. And, but I, I could feel the evil spirits in my basement. And, and literally, you, you ever take a balloon and rub it across your arm and, and your hair, or you rub it across your head if you had hair, and, and your hair would stand up, right? And I was just like, Ooh. I could feel the evil spirits in my basement. And so I turned on, I mean, I'm scared to death. I turn on the light and I look in the closet, there's nothing there. I, I get down and I look under the bed, there's nothing there. And I could sense the evil spirit go in the other room and go into the closet. So I went in there and I said, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. In the name of Jesus, you're not welcome here. You have no place, you have no stronghold, you have no authority over this. This is God's redeemed land. This is God's redeemed basement. This is God's redeemed house. And I am God's redeemed child. And you, in the name of Jesus, need to leave. Amen? And then it was just like, it was gone. And so I walked back up the stairs, I turned the light off, and I could hear it again scurrying around on the floor. And it ain't been back. Listen to me. You don't have to believe me. And I waited till I knew the Lord wanted me to share that with you. You may think I'm crazy. I know I am. <laughs> but listen to me. The spiritual realm is more real than the seat you're sitting in right now. You say, how do you know that? Because it will last when what you're sitting in is gone. And I want to encourage you, do not let the enemy cause you to live in a spirit of fear. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And just like your family, our family has problems. We have problems. And we are broken, just like your family. And just like God wants to redeem my family, God wants to redeem yours. Amen? amen. Come on, amen? amen? God's at work. God's at work. God's at work. Don't give in to the fears. Don't give in to the voices that tell you to quit. 
Don't give in to the voices of discouragement. I'm not saying don't be discouraged. Sometimes you can't control that. Don't give in to the voices that tell you it's not worth it. Just say to the Lord, I don't know if it's worth it, but I ain't quitting. I ain't giving in. I ain't giving up. I ain't giving out. Never. Never, ever, ever. And may the Lord give you the courage to get a letter in the mail from the most unlikely places that says, it turns out we owe you some money. Amen? And would you all just put your hands together and thank Miss Danelle Smith for being faithful to the finances of our church. Because, because Danelle is so amazing at her job, God gave us that. And I realize it's Jesus, 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 but listen to me. It's also Danelle, Danelle, Danelle. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're not just good, you're gooder. And you're getting gooder by the day. And Lord, none of us want to go through hard things, me included. But Lord, if that's how you redeem us, then give us the grace and the strength to accept that and to wait on you to do what only you can do. Lord, I am so grateful. I am so grateful to you, Lord. I'm so grateful for your kindness. And I read this verse that you gave me this morning one more time over your people, Zephaniah 2.8. And by the way, this is the next book that we're going to study. Thanks to Mr. Micah Swartz. For the Lord their God will visit his people in kindness and restore their prosperity again. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, come on, and all God's children said, amen. amen. Whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, don't give up. Don't give out and don't give in. Reclaim the blessings that God has for your life in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.